And now on Radio Maria England, we present Awakenings, Testimonies of Faith and Conversion. Welcome to Radio Maria and to Awakenings, uh, Testimonies of Faith and Conversion. I'm Father Sam Randall. I'm the priest director of Radio Maria. And uh, this is one of my favorite programs. I hope you love it. Uh, uh, we've been running this program for a long time. And uh, one of my co-assistant, um, really, he's the producer for this, is listening in. I don't know if we can hear him. It's Alessio. Alessio, I want to thank you publicly for all you've done and uh, making these programs possible. He's extraordinary listeners, Alessio. He's got an, a powerful uh, testimony himself, and um, so and, he, and he's he's just so great finding good people uh, for us to listen to their story. And he's found someone wonderful today. We have with us Colin McGee. Hello, Colin. Hello, Father. Now, um, I I was expecting you to have a very strong Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I am Irish technically. I mean, I I was born in Ireland. Yeah, but. I up in England, as you can hear. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, you were born in uh, Killarney. That's nothing Kilken to. How do you say it? Go on. Kil Kilkenny. That's where I was born. Kilkenny. Okay. Uh, Alessio has mis misled me there because I was going to talk about the um, the Killarney Stone. Not there's such a thing, is there? Yes. Yes. I have been to the Killa Killarney Stone. Oh, there is. There you go. I'm right. Okay. Are you supposed to touch it for luck or something? I think that's the one that you kiss, and I have kissed it. It's right at the top of uh, the Killarney Castle. You go up steps, and then you have to bend over backwards, and uh, it's a really quite a difficult stone to kiss, but people have been doing that for years. I say, is it pre-Christian? No, it wouldn't be if it's got a castle. I'm not sure. No, it wouldn't be. How old's the castle? Oh, you got me there. Oh, it doesn't matter. Know. Anyway, you're not from there anyway. I don't know why we're talking about it. So um, it's very interesting. So I've got this wonderful guest. Colin, you're one of our volunteers, aren't you? I am, yes. Yes, I have been up until quite recently. I was um, on every Wednesday with Eddie on the Holy Hour, praying uh, the Divine Chaplet and the Rosary with Eddie. Wonderful. Uh, which is great. Um, but just recently... We have been blessed with our first daughter. Ah. Since the arrival, it's been a bit more difficult to find uh, time. I understand. In the... So when did baby come? On the 26th of May. Bless you. And what's her name? Mary is her name. Oh, what a lovely name. How lovely. Oh, wow. Your life is full with that. Yeah, beautiful. Yes, yes, it is. Well, I just, it's a great day because I woke up this morning and uh, I left mum in bed and I took Mary into the kitchen here. And she just gave me some lovely smiles today, so it's a, it's a good day. Don't babies lift your heart and your spirit? Oh, they definitely do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, it's absolutely wonderful. Well, praise God for that, that's great. Miracles, really. With, well, it's a miracle, the miracle of life. It is, it's extraordinary to look at, I know. Um, so let's go back, though, before we get on to the miracle of Mary. and uh, Because we can talk about the miracle of Mary in two ways, can't we? And we're going to uh, touch on that later. So you're born in in the south of Ireland, yes. but you soon moved to the Isle of Wight. So um, 
Yeah. Yes. Why did you move to the Isle of Wight? And tell us about your family background and, um, you know, and particularly your, uh, your Catholic background. Okay. So um, my parents moved first to Wales. I think it was mainly because of work. There wasn't much work in Ireland at that time. Mm. My dad's a doctor. And he, they moved to Wales first, and then shortly after that, they, there was a position came up on the Isle of Wight. So it was just uh, for work. They didn't know anything about the island, but they went down, had the interview, and uh, they said they really liked it, and they were kind of wondering all the way home, what's the catch? You know, why haven't other people snapped this job up? But anyway, luckily he got the job, and we, wow. were, we grew up, me, my brother, and my sister, on a beautiful island. Um. So that's why the island, um, as far as my Catholic upbringing, I went to church with my siblings as well growing up because, um, because my mum uh, was bringing us to church. Right. Um, that was pretty much it. We were going to church just because, um, and then I think it's the case for a lot of young people. There was not really much behind it. And uh, yeah, I mean, my mum's comes from a Catholic family. So right. it was the funny situation. I think not such a common one that my mum is a Catholic. My father came from a Protestant family. So they married and I believe it was my grandma, my mum's mum. It was her wish that, uh, I mean, she finally came round to, to my dad and, and both parents were happy in the end, but it wasn't easy at the start for them. But she said um, that she'd like us to be raised Catholic, so okay. thank you, raised Catholic, and and that's why after many many years I came back to the Catholic Church. Now the Isle, Isle of Wight's got two very interesting Catholic communities on there. It's got Core Abbey, uh, which yes. is, yeah, and it's got um, uh, I, I known the Benedictine nuns there are known for their singing, aren't they? Oh. Do you know that community? <laughs> they nuns. they put out CDs. Oh, I think I have heard of them. Oh, they're the... on the island. It's not that big, that island. Yes, no, it's not. But uh, yeah, well, I've only just moved back. Oh, uh, okay. In... Yeah. So lots of things. I'm just, you know, things that yeah. I wasn't aware of when I was a teenager when I moved away, um, becoming aware. Of. I thought you were going to say, yeah, Core Abbey. Obviously, I know about it's a lovely yeah. place. Yeah. Verbum Day. There's a there's a community called Verbum Day. I which, don't know uh, it. No. Yeah, I'm in touch with. And we are actually we've been taking part up until Mary's arrival every week in a meeting. They do a Monday uh, a Bible reflection in the evening. Okay. And now it's on Zoom, but uh, we have met some of the sisters. So they're yeah, so they're nuns, but they're not nuns in the traditional sense that they don't have habits and stuff. But they are consecrated. Um, so it's a community. It's a it's a lay community um, of sisters and there are married couples and families in this community uh yeah it's called verbum day is, so. is it exclusive to the isle of Wight? no no do you know started... w w w uh, you may know something about my background i'm i haven't been a catholic very very long and i'm yes. constantly amazed at the catholic church and how rich it is yeah it's got so many treasures so many joys so much it has, yes, it does. It so, just keeps unfolding. Yeah. It's true, and I've never heard of Bourbon Day, and I've been quite in touch with ecclesial movements, so thank you for that. 
So anyway, you're back to you. You're brought up a Catholic and um, and it didn't. I mean, by that, I mean, you, I suppose you learned to pray the rosary. Uh, you were baptized, confirmed, uh, received the sacraments. Well, I was the rosary didn't really figure. Actually, the rosary is something that I've, it's very present in my life now. Right. But um, but obviously, yeah, I was baptized. I was confirmed. Um, but I I don't remember too much of my confirmation, so it obviously wasn't a you know something right. that I and lived through. But uh, yeah, I was both of those things. I went through those sacraments. Yeah. Was it a Catholic school you went to on the Isle of Wight? Was there a Catholic school? Yes, there is. Yeah, I went to Catholic primary school and middle school. Okay. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yes. So so, that, so that's interesting. So then what happened? I mean, presumably uh, you passed your GCEs or GCSEs and uh, A-levels. Yeah, so it was around middle school. I started to just drift away to start to get into a crowd of, well, I started to spend time with people who were doing recreational drugs. That was something that really took me. And I got into that from quite I'd say around 15, 16 year old, I started to um, just hang around with quite a big culture on the Isle of Wight. It's kind of subculture, if you will, especially of smoking marijuana. And it kind of goes along with a surfing kind of image and this whole cool kind of image. So, yeah, so I got into that. And then kind of naturally enough, there wasn't anything. uh, I didn't have a strong relationship with the church in the sense that I was just going along. Mm. So then just started i mean i remember when i was younger i would always run with my brother and sister actually as soon as the mass ended run out of church and go and wait in the car for mum to come and she'd be waiting around talking to people so it was never something that i i don't know it's not that i didn't enjoy it but i didn't really feel a sense in it mm. so i got into that and and then the rest was kind of history i started to go down the road of uh, of drugs of hedonism um, slowly enough, of course, because I was just in middle school, but uh, one thing after another, then I went to college, to art college in Bournemouth. After going to school, I went to college. Mm. And art college was basically a couple of years of messing around with, with paints and arts and still with the, the drugs present and all that goes with that. So, uh, were, you, were your parents aware of this? They were, and bless them, they they did very. Uh, they did their best to try and um, tell me and to help me and to try and direct me away from that. Mm-hmm. But I was a very stubborn teenager. I was very difficult and um, kind of rebellious in my way. Right. So I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't going to be told, and I was just. Um, I suppose. I was looking for uh, a group and acceptance and to fit in somewhere yeah. and somehow. This gave me a sense of fitting in. I was, you know, I was doing the same thing as some group of people, and it yeah. kind of, you know, any kind of drugs or alcohol, it kind of gives you a sense of you lose your inhibition. You can kind of be a bit more confident, or you, well, I'm not sure to this day what it was, but I think that would be, you know, why I went down that road. I was looking for acceptance, and there was this altered state. Uh, this was something new. And there was a sense of I was doing this thing, and yeah, I could. You, I kind of expected that I wouldn't be able to, but I could do it, and I could get away with it. And I was doing it, and still, right. yeah, nothing bad was happening. I was managing to go to school. Mm. I was managing to, to get through all these uh, to study and stuff, and it was, 
it was difficult, obviously, and it would have been much more fruitful and it would have been better without that stuff. But of course. That's the way it happened. Yeah. Your dad, you said, was a Protestant. Was he an active uh, churchgoer at all? Well, I don't know, actually. I don't, uh, uh, yeah, in his youth, he might well have been because his dad was. Right, I uh, see. Okay. Was, uh, the caretaker. But yeah. no, not since, not since I remember. He hasn't been. Okay. So he's it, come... What, sorry. Yeah, he he would come to church with uh, with us. Oh, beautiful! Okay, things and, and that was that. That was good. Good of him. Yeah, yeah, I think it was yeah because, well, I think yeah, some people could be very anti and can be, and uh, and then that would be very difficult, very difficult, I think, in a, in a relationship in a marriage. Yeah, but he was there, and he wasn't coming every Sunday, but there was a. There was a sense of acceptance there from him as well. Um, for any of our listeners who, in this situation where you're in a marriage with Protestant Catholic, there is a group uh, called, I think it's something like ecumenical families that exists to support people like that, and it's very affirming for both both partners in those in those relationships, because in a way uh, you're a, a living testimony to the reconciliation of Christ. Really, um, it's it doesn't yeah. always have to be full of tension; it can be full of joy. Yeah, I believe so. If we look for the commonalities. Yeah. What, yeah. Yeah, the most important commonality is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. Amen. So, uh, after after college, art college, um what happened? I think you went off to somewhere in Europe. Yes, I did. I I met in during college. I met a group of Polish guys who were over from Poland, um, working as lots of Poles were, and they were mm. doing odd jobs in factories or whatever. And lovely guys, I s unfortunately don't have, I say unfortunately, that's just naturally, I don't have touch in contact with them anymore today. But I met them, I was getting into music at that time, and I'm still music is one of the things that has kept on through. I love music and I play a few instruments, mainly drums. But they were, I actually met them on the street. They were playing drums, busking in Bournemouth. And um, and then I got to know them and they were living in Bournemouth as well at the time. I was playing music and they were, and I started to spend more and more time with them, so much so that um, the people I was living with weren't too keen on <laughs> the drumming that I was doing. So I actually ended up moving in with them in Bournemouth. And then after I finished college, they were going back to Poland. And they kind of said, come along and see where we're from. And I didn't really know, I was still quite lost in life, didn't really know what to do with my life. So I said, fine, yeah, come. Uh, so it was quite a spontaneous thing. And then I did, thinking I'd stay for a month or something. And uh, a month turned into longer, and uh, I ended up being there 15 years. Oh, Colin, your poor, so, your poor parents. <laughs> well, they, you know, my parents... Are oh, great travellers themselves. Okay, but worried about yeah, the iPad. Sure they, they would have um, liked me to be closer, but they were also they're always very encouraging, and they they came out to visit many Bless times. Them. Wonderful, yeah. So yeah, so I ended up in Poland. I've, I've just moved back. My wife and I just moved back to the Isle of Wight in December, like I said. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's yeah. a it's a coming home you've had in lots of ways, isn't it? Yes, very much so. You know, very much. So. Yeah, spiritually and physically. It's it's really yeah. lovely. So what were you doing in Poland and what happened there? 
So, yeah, for work, I started working as an English teacher. Not something I ever thought I would do, but it's something you can do as a, as a native speaker abroad quite easily without, you know, um, lots of qualifications. So I started in a, in a school which was quite easy to teach and then moved on to different schools, mostly teaching private, uh, yeah, teaching in private English schools. So that was just a way to make some money and get by. But pretty much the lifestyle, hedonistic lifestyle just continued. So I was just partying and uh, recreational drugs with the guys that I had met and they introduced me to to more people. That was in a a city called Łódź, which is right in the middle of Poland. And probably for about nine, ten years, you know, cutting a long story short, that's how my life uh, continued, Um, just living from day to day with not really any right. sense of you know ambition or direction just uh, doing this job as a as a means to an end did i mean poland's very catholic it's very noticeably catholic in a way that the other white isn't um yes didn't yes. that impact on you in any way no, for a long time it didn't um because i wasn't i suppose because i wasn't looking for that and although it was all right there finally i, I realized under my nose and i think thank god that's maybe why he you know, directed me to Poland in the end. But no, I was very much kind of my eyes were closed to that because I was into different things. Although quite early on in my time in Poland, I did meet a lovely family who I still have contact with, um, probably one of the few people that I do from Poland. And they were just a great example for me of a family, a faithful family. They had two children at that time. And I would sometimes go and babysit for their two girls. So, yeah, there were people, you know, God sent people on the way, yeah. put people in my path to, to show me, you know, how, how good life can be living in his way. Mm. But uh, as far as the Catholic Church, no, no, it didn't really figure for a long time. Uh, you, you, it's a sort of void you're trying to fill. Is yes. That, you know, much. our hearts, you know, are restless till they find their rest in the... And it's a sort of, you know, yeah. Absolutely. I was just really just floating around and uh, looking for sense and looking for meaning in different paths. So, yeah, so um, one of them I looked started to look down was meditation. Um, It was Buddhist meditation, uh, probably mostly because, well, it was something, it probably appeared in some of the circles that I was mixing with, but as well, my father had uh, been interested in meditation mindfulness for a while so i figured it would some something that would work for me Mm. so i even yeah i started to look for groups and go along to these meetings and i even did at one point uh, when i got quite into it a retreat which was a silent retreat um which was i feel to this day quite damaging for me but uh but thank god you know i kind of i didn't um, come out with it with any serious damage as far as I know, but I know that some people do. And I, I felt, um, yeah, the care afterwards in that, it, it kind of sums up the way that I feel about the, um, I don't know, I, I can't really comment on, you know, Buddhism because from where it comes from, but the Buddhism that we have been um, introduced to in the West, let's say, uh, or the, the Buddhism, the, the type of Buddhism, meditation that I had come across was a little bit kind of hands-off cold and the 
there wasn't much heart or love in it, although they, there's talk about different kinds of love and um, within it. I, I would have to try and recall again from my time there. But yeah, after this retreat, it was just, they let you go and there's no contact. And I felt like that was, I'm really lucky that, that nothing really serious happened with my mental health, but I know that some have had it. Really? You know, All right. day sitting silently, you can, a lot of stuff comes up in that time. You know, we're quite <clears throat> chatting. Our minds are constantly chatting. It's just normal things. We have thoughts, but um, there wasn't any, no. it, you know, there wasn't any contact after that to kind of say you had to check in how you're doing you know yeah that but um yeah i mean yeah. There's, there's different forms of meditation aren't there and buddhism is pretty complex but i mean the, the truth is that there are spiritual realities aren't there and and we're yes. often ignorant of these or oblivious to them and they're affecting us yes very much so yeah, yeah. Uh, the first silent retreat i ever made in my in my life was actually on the isle of wight Oh, was it? Yeah, at Kohrabi, <laughs> the, oh. the Benedictine monastery. That's yeah, very different from you. Very different. Yeah, I, yeah, it was think. absolutely. Can I say for me, beautiful? But you know, yeah, yeah. choose your. Sure so the, I think the testimony out of all of this is choose your retreat carefully. Don't you think, Colin? Definitely. Yeah, you be careful. I think, you know, um, St. Paul talks about the mind, doesn't he? And we, we need to be very careful about what we open ourselves up to. Um, yes. Today yeah. I was listening about the, the amount of violence going on in, in shops in England, how it's increased in all shops, people assaulting people. And I'm absolutely convinced it's because we're opening, people aren't careful what they watch, what they think, where they go. Yeah. Very much. I think uh, that's very, very true. It's, it's a funny time, really, because, I mean, for myself, because at the, at the time that I had kind of agreed to, to come on this show and talk to Alessio about it, I was, well, it was a few months ago, and I was in quite a different place. And just in the last couple of days, well, it's been a, a bit of a strange homecoming, as you put it, um, mm. because it's been lovely in, lo in lots of ways to come home. But it's also... There is this thing people, I think, talk about a reverse culture shock thing happening. And because I've been in Poland for you know half my life nearly and come back, I'm seeing things in this culture in England that I hadn't you know seen before. And there's a lot of it, yeah. I mean, and there's stuff that does happen in Poland as well, but maybe not so much. Just things on TV like ads and, and things that you wouldn't get in Poland. So, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's different. Uh, yeah. Yes. It is, yeah. Uh, yeah, these things matter. We we are affected by it. Yeah, to our subconscious, you know, it all seeps yeah. in. Yeah, um, it really does matter. Yeah. So obviously, you're looking. You're still feeling empty. You've, you've gone on this retreat, and um, you know what happens yeah. next. Well, I've gone on that, and then okay to kind of connect the dots. So there was a. a I was in a few let's say, more serious relationships in my time in Poland. Mm. All of them ended very kind of painfully and, and they were very difficult uh, experiences. But the last one was especially difficult. And um, that was, yeah, I was with a person who was quite, I'd say, actively anti-church and anti-Catholicism for whatever reason. And... I moved to a city kind of with her 
so kind of almost following her in a sense and um so i ended up spending time with her circle of friends who were in that way you know all quite yeah anti church anti conforming and uh, i'd say quite um anarchistic almost in in right. ways yeah so yeah and then that was all right for a while because i don't know they they're all the kind of trendiness trendy words so veganism yoga meditation and you kind of go along with it for a while and i because i didn't really have any backbone myself in in the sense of a faith i was just kind of yeah just going along with it and then after a while i guess some of these things that they were talking about so one guy in particular i remember was um studying philosophy and he was doing some thesis on um why we shouldn't have children you know because of overpopulation etc and he was and there there were certain things that would come up and and they would jar with me and i i would feel like that really isn't something that i agree with mm. so there were these things and although the person i was with wasn't well i think she would go along with some of that stuff so anyway at the same time i'm still searching i'm still i still have this sense of i need a need for prayer and I remember actually having um, there's a famous picture you might know the artist I don't but the, it's a praying hands. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So I remember drawing that and having that stuck on my wall by my bed. And I night. think it's Albrecht Dürer. But yes, I, I, yeah. Uh, he, he's of course a Protestant, wonderful though artist. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I had that, and I remember um, talking to my the person i was with at that time about this these things these desires really awakening within me for prayer and, and for a sense of belonging that i wasn't finding and uh it was pretty obvious at that time i mean our relationship was in complete ruins and it was from day to day oh, you know waking up arguments that were very very difficult so you'd you know constant kind of anxiety and uncertainty and then when i started to talk to her about these things uh, it was pretty obvious that that it wasn't going to work because she uh, she said she couldn't imagine you know if we were thinking about uh, even when I talk about it now thinking about children like without being married it's absolutely bizarre now and I um, thank God that it didn't happen but um, yeah so that kind of brought things to a to a, a moment of of tipping point but I remember this desire for prayer and it wasn't going away you know however much I I kind of tried not to listen to it and in fact i've heard um i think as a saint I, again i don't know which one but i've heard that, that the desire for prayer you know in itself is, is a, prayer. a prayer yeah so there was you know i was praying before i know it uh, before i knew it as if and then i remember a night uh pretty difficult nights we were living together and we were we'd had one big argument and we were in different rooms and we slept in, in different rooms. So I was in a different and I had a book, uh, and I have to mention this guy because he was pinnacle you know, crucial in my let's say conversion, it was John O'Donoghue. <clears throat> you might have heard of he was oh, an yeah. Irish author. Yeah. He's he's dead now. But he was a Catholic priest priest as well, I believe, and a North and a poet. Mm. And he one of his most popular books is called Anamkara, which means soul friend, I think mm. in Irish, Gaelic. And yeah, just reading this book uh, 
the way he writes about the spirit is so beautiful and it spoke to me. And I had a, a sense that I have to decide. Like there's, for a long time, I was trying to kind of trick myself or deceiving myself that I can do both. You know, I can, because when you're in a relationship and that's everything and you're very scared to, to get out of that because you don't know where to go after that. But I was trying to think I could do both. I can kind of start to go into the church, go back to the church and stay in this relationship. But this night came and it was kind of just a moment of realization that I have to choose. I can't do uh, both. I have to choose one or the other. So, yeah, so that was a very difficult decision. But I, I had a sense that, yeah, this, um, you know, I have to make a choice for something that will sustain me. Choice and it was for life. A, yeah, yeah. And it was a very difficult one because it's a big risk, you know, having not really had a, well, say have a faith. But I never really turned my back on my faith in that sense. You know, I grew up in the church and I never had a moment where some do, mm. you know, very actively against the church. So, yeah, so I decided to and wonderful that relationship. And then... Well, I think this is a good point to have a little yeah. music break. We're on okay. the edge of the church, edge of yeah, Christ. Exactly. Yeah, let's have a music break. This is Radio Maria England. I'm Father Sam Randall, and you're listening to Awakenings, Testimonies of Faith and Conversion. And we're listening to Colin McGee's uh, testimony. Colin's just about to tell us about his big decision. He's made a decision really for Christ. Um, this program is, of course, live today, and it's rebroadcast tomorrow at 9 p.m. in the evening, on Saturdays at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, and Mondays at 2 a.m. in the morning. So, Colin, you've made a decision. Yes, and there was a real weight, you know, I could feel a tangible weight lifted after that. I was expecting, because of previous breakups, to be just feeling quite tragic and uh, depressed, etc. But in this instance, there was, a, there was a weight lifted and there was a freshness and there was a sense of calm, as if that now I can, there was space to breathe in life i'd say that because there hadn't been in that relationship it was very toxic and as i said the person was yeah was not going to to be able to deal with being with a person who was uh, who was in the church, catholic church yeah so yeah so then then we decided uh, i decided actually because we were both back and forth for a long time and there was this freshness and i realized then Okay, how do I make my? How do I come back into the church? So I knew that I had to go to confession. Um, so I knew that was an important thing to do. Uh, that's what I really needed to do. Um, so I got in touch with 
luckily I was living in Warsaw at that time, and Warsaw being a big multicultural city, there was an English-speaking um, ch- mass there every Sunday and uh, an English-speaking priest who, who led that mass. So I got in touch with them. I arranged to go and go to confession. It wasn't as easy uh, the first couple of times for whatever reasons. I think it was, well, whether it was, you know, the devil trying to kind of not let me back in that sense. So I, I remember the first time I wanted to go back, I went out of the house, I went down the road, and there was a marathon happened to be happening on that day. Um, so you had to stop and wait for all the runners to go by. And in that moment, I remember turning back, you know, kind of, okay, this isn't for me. Because it's it's a very, well, I'd say it was a difficult thing because to come back and to kind of admit your your faults, admit all the things that you've done wrong, yeah, you make yourself vulnerable. So it was it was difficult, yeah. But luckily, that priest was uh, gentle and encouraging, and he just made himself available and said, "Come along whenever," you know. So finally, I did, and uh, and that was great. And it was very um, human. I'd say it was very much more down to earth than I. I don't know. I had some imagined, you know, uh, vision of what co- confession was like because actually, if I'm honest, I don't ever remember. Like I must have gone to confession for um, baptism, uh, for mm. uh, well, confirmation. confirmation. Yeah, but I don't remember them. Uh, you know, so this was like my first real where I'm, you know, kind of aware of things. Confession, and it was from a long, long period in my life. So I thought, well, I've got to say all the, the things that I've done wrong. So I did, and he was very nice. And he, I remember him asking me at the end, because I, I had actually had a list of all these things. So it was, let's say, a little bit, it wasn't just a natural flowing thing. I kind of went through all these things. And he just asked me, so what makes you, you know, why do you feel bad about, you know, what, what you've done? And then I just said that, you know, what I felt. And he said, so that's the most important thing. You know, and that came from the heart. And then the rest after that was was kind of coming back to the church and um, learning about the church, really learning how to pray. And thank God I met some lovely people then. And right. then, like, like you mentioned before, the Catholic Church um, became kind of really available to me. And, and I started to see it in Poland. It was amazing that I didn't before, but I suppose it was just, yeah, the drugs, the lifestyle, the people I was spending time with, I never really noticed it before. But then, it, yeah, all the richness of, of the Catholic Church started to become apparent to me. Did you join and, a group? Did you go to, um, like... Yes, I did. And I'll, I actually have to mention something else, because when I broke up with that difficult relationship I told you about, where it was mm. like a turning point. So funny that after that, so we were living together, so obviously you had to find a place to live. I went on Airbnb, uh, and I looked for a room, basically just to somewhere to, to lay my head for a while until I got myself together. And this room happened to be in a house with a lady, uh, Fiaswava is her name, lovely, lovely lady, and I'm still in touch with her till today. Her and her husband, uh, their children have grown up and left home, so they rent a few of their rooms out. So I, I stayed in this house, and there was a real sense of peace in this room. I remember this real sense of uh, quiet, calm, 
that I hadn't felt for a long, long time. And she was, uh, later I found out she was a very strong believer herself. Um, so yeah, I started going to church near her. Uh, there was a moment where I was like, right, I'm going to, because I did speak Polish, but I felt um, more comfortable going to the English speaking masses. But there was a moment where I said, okay, if I'm going to, I thought I was staying in Poland then, so I'm going to have to start going to Polish mass. So I started in in a church near there. And at some point there was a poster on the on the door of a group, uh, evangelical group that were doing a course. The course was called, it would translate as New Life. Um, and that was in that part of the town. So I, I got in touch with them and signed up. And that was really a couple of months after hard to think about timelines but it was yeah it was a few months anyway so I'd, I was kind of starting to come back to mass starting to pray again and then this course happened which was really really good because it was run by a group they call it um, Efata uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right um, but they're a charismatic a lay charismatic group and they were connected to a parish uh, John Paul II there in Bemovo in Warsaw and they're a great, great group of people. So I went to the course. It's funny because you say course it kind of brings certain things to mind, but it was basically a weekend of, how to say it, kind of helping people to to really encounter Christ, to really give their life over to Christ um, through, I would say, more experiential um, ways rather than, reading uh, things or rather than more theological um, things, if that makes sense. It was, mm. they had certain situations set up with, uh, with props sometimes. Or, so there was even elements of, I would say, theatrical things in this, in that approach. And it was all, it, it's all um, designed and created to help people to really, uh, to experience that, um, which I did. So that was great. Is that so a Catholic was, evangelical group? Yes, it is. Yeah, right. Catholic, just just yeah. for our listeners, so so we're quite clear about that. Okay. Yes, that was Catholic. Although it's funny because yeah, through all of these things, there is this um, sense of so the way that they did uh, and do worship, and it, there's a lot of similarities with Protestants. So you know, the, I later got involved with that group and I became part of it. And, that's what they, after the that new life course, they invite you. You, you can come and, and take part. And the music was something that was really great for me because I'm a musician and they were very keen. They said, yep. And they are keen to help people to find their role within the group, uh, whatever that may be. So everyone has you know mm -hmm. different, different things to offer, whether it's you know, taking care of finances or whether it's communications or whatever, right? There's so many things involved with mm. um, running and organizing uh, a group. Um, but yeah, the, the music part of it was quite similar to a lot of the Protestant music I've heard and listened to. I enjoy it very much. It's all about the Lord, so it's got to be right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, Colin, you, the groups you've moved with and among have been, have influenced your life. For anyone listening who's perhaps caught up in... Um, the drug culture or and that sort of thing. How important would you say it is to them to find uh, alternative uh, travellers, alternative groups, um, yeah, other, other relationships? 
very much. I mean, it's very difficult to to see it when you're in it, but uh, it does. I mean, and you hear people say it, but it has so much influence. The the people you spend time with, that's you know, that's the way we start to be. We start to be like the people mm. we spend time with. So I would say it's a very difficult decision to get out of a lifestyle that you, you know, for so long has been all you know, but it's the best decision. I mean, if you know deep down, everyone knows deep down, it's, it's destructive to your soul, it's harmful, it's not leading you to light, it's not leading you to, to peace, to hope. No. Then, um, yeah, then it's definitely a decision you need to make. And it is a decision. That's the hardest thing. It's not something that's just going to come suddenly. No. You know, you have, you and and you, need, you need consciously, don't you, to look for alternative groups of people. It won't just necessarily sort yeah. of happen of itself. Yeah, and they are they yeah. are out there. So you mentioned they are. Mentioned, yeah, yeah. There's loads of loads of great groups out there. Yeah. So uh, you met your wife, um, and uh, she's she's yeah, so that com- was, committed that was Catholic. She is. Yeah. Uh, thank God, she's a lovely, lovely lady. Very, very. Oh, my wife is the best thing that's ever happened to me. She's just amazing, and a lovely mother, a great mother as well now to Mary. Um, so that was, yeah, after I had broken up with that person and come back to the church, it was almost straight away. So I, we met in, funnily, on the Isle of Wight in the church. It's called St. Saviour's Church. And it's, it's amazing how God works because we're now living in the presbytery next to that church <laughs> on the Isle of Wight because there's, normally there's priests there, but there's no priests there at the moment so we asked would they rent it to us and, and they did so we're living next to the church that we met in and we met in Beautiful. the choir actually the, the, the choir loft um, it was through my mum actually because Agnieszka my wife met my mum first before she met me and I had come back to the island for Christmas as I did quite often to come home for Christmas and my mum mentioned that there's this Polish girl who's just joined kind of joined the choir there and didn't think much of it but uh, yeah, went in and we met, and yes, and then and quite soon after that, we realised that there was a connection and and a real, uh, yeah, a kind of a deeper and a more sustainable, if I can say it that way, connection because we were looking the same way. Yeah, she was. Um, she's a very deeply faithful person herself, so that helps me a lot. Yeah. Um, it's important, yeah, not just to have uh, casual relationships, but deep, meaningful relationships, isn't it, for our faith journey? People who really can challenge us, people who can encourage us, people who, oh, yeah. who are willing to journey with us. Yeah, this is something that I feel really, really um, passionate about. And I'd love, well, if the Lord calls me to that in, in whatever way, I mean, we can do it just in the way of living out our marriage in the best way that we can. But it's, that's something that really, that's an act, if I can say, an aspect of the faith. So this gift of marriage, um, something that is, is constantly, I'm constantly grateful for. Amen. Having, yeah, having seen and having experienced, you know, how much hurt and pain being in a relationship without God can be. You know, when you're trying to be everything for the other person and, and they're trying, which is impossible. And when you're just two people trying to, you know, just to work it out through all these these trendy keywords that we hear, so compromise, whatever, which are all lovely things, but in the end, we're just human and we're fallible and we make mistakes and you need to be able to, to forgive. And this is where 
God can really come in and, and help. And, and we invite God into our relationship. You know, every night we thank God for our marriage. I mean, it's it's, it's building on a rock and it's building on God. And it's, I would, you know, I would really encourage any, that's, that's something, uh, it's hard to put into words, but anyone who's married and building their life with God will know. Yeah, build it on prayer. Um, you'll, you'll know I'm a married priest. Someone said to yes. me, I get the bo- best of both worlds. I'm not sure what they meant. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But, well, but I can tell you, my ministry is extraordinarily enriched, enlarged because of my wife. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's hard to explain, but it's not. It's extraordinary. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I understand what you say about praying together, someone to be with, someone to journey with. I mean, somehow... I mean, in Genesis, it's not uh, male or female, but male and female are the image of God. Together, we are complementary, we are different. And it's yes. together we image the divine. Yeah, and that's how we can make up, really fulfill ourselves, enrich ourselves, and, yeah. And, and others. I mean, when you, meant, when you mentioned prayer, like, that's something that I was really grateful for, and my wife pretty much as soon as we met, you know, we started to pray, well, definitely as soon as we were married, but before, actually, very early on, we started to pray together, and that was something that she she suggested. I'm so glad she did now, because it was kind of even before I was thinking about praying with the person that I was in a relationship with. But now we do, and it's, yeah, as, the, as you say, building on prayer. It's beautiful. And it's putting our faith in, in God, that he is in our relationship, and we can turn to him and... We don't have to be everything for each other. No. Uh, which is because you, you can't be, and you'll just end up um, yeah, disappointed, I suppose, and uh, disillusioned. And I remember, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to dwell too much on, on the bad in relationships, but it's something I feel it's worth talking about. So I remember the, um, the feeling of jealousy that was quite often present in relationships that I'd had before my marriage. And I remember thinking, if... If being in a relationship involves, you know, means that you'll feel jealous, then I don't want to, you know, I I would rather not be in one. And I now know, thank God, it doesn't. And trust is possible if you're with someone who really loves you for who you are. And, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So marriage, I thank God. It's God's gift. It's true. People have what they call open relationships. It's so damaging. I can't imagine, you know, I hear about these things anything more like hell on earth than being in something like that i mean and i don't it just makes me a little bit even sick you know to hear about it and talk you know when you hear people talking i just think feel sorry for the people who are getting themselves into that and kind of telling themselves that that's that's all right and that's something that can make them happy because it's it's never gonna yeah it's never gonna make someone happy it's all you know we need to be in a relationship if we're in a relationship with someone that we can really, really trust, and one person—that's that's what we were created for. And it's the foundation of our relationships is Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. We're building that's on. Right. We're building on the Lord. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's it is, and it, you know, when you talk about Christ, you know, I think about the time in when I was into meditation and things as well, and, and that's another aspect of, you know, of me discovering Christ, discovering prayer, 
and contemplative prayer and there's this the difference is if i can say it's like when i was trying to when i was getting into mindfulness and and trying to let's say uh, develop myself and and perfect myself just by myself just by observing my thoughts and trying to change my behaviors and etc and it wasn't working i was just ending in frustration and with god it's different there's a presence there's there's someone you can turn to for help i mean there's someone you can ask for help uh, at the start of every day And, Mm. and he does help and that's that's another thing i would say is to yeah, it's just to, to ask for that help when you when you know you need it, not to wait, not to try and do it all yourself because you don't have to. Right. Um, what would you say to Anna who's listening to this program, who's uh, sort of, I don't know, got a void in their own life, but is beginning to think about the Catholic faith or Christianity? And uh, what would you say to them? It's going to be obvious, really. Encourage yeah. go on, go on. Yeah, well, it's it's... It is obvious, and it is something that needs to come from within, but it's everyone, I think, feels that sense of, like you said, the void, that sense of emptiness. And um, if you feel that, and you feel that need for for prayer, that's nothing bad. That's a beautiful thing, and we were created. We're spiritual beings. We need that. So, you know, I heard a nice thing recently about prayer. It was an interview with a chap, and he was saying, you know, before he really knew how to pray, and he was coming back. If you just say um, "help" at the start of the day, and uh, and at the end of the day, just say "thanks," yeah. that's enough. You know, yeah. and just to, I mean, it's the age-old thing of, you know, ask for the help, and you'll get it. Like God doesn't come into our lives forcefully. He's not that kind of God. He he he's there. He's waiting for us, but we have to turn towards him like it wasn't until i turned towards him in that moment when i realized there's a choice to be made and i'm the one who has to make it no one will make it for me and no one will make it for you so anyone listening you're the one and it's i I know it's it is a hard choice because if and especially yeah looking at the catholic church from the outside i suppose it could seem like i don't know just an institution that is i don't know not a sense of of warmth, but there is such a family waiting for you. There's a way, and as, as you said at the start of our conversation, it's I'm still discovering there's so many aspects to, to it. It's all there. I mean, it was like, mm. yeah, I could go on, but there is, there's so much there. So, it's so true. just don't be afraid. Take the risk. I mean, what have you got to lose? And, uh, and God, will, God will catch you. Yeah. <laughs> you know that lovely parable of the pearl? <laughs> You know, the pearl of greatest yeah. price. It is honestly, listeners. Christ is that yeah. pearl. He's worth it... everything. Sell everything you have. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing can compare to that. It's you know these sound like words, but I think Colin and I understand this. We've lived this. Yeah, this is wonderful. This, if only it we is. could. It's beautiful beyond compare. Extraordinarily yeah. wonderful. And all these things, you know, you mentioned the scripture there. That's another thing that I, you know, I was, I think I was trying to read the Bible before I came back to God in a sense in my heart. And it was like Shakespeare or something to me. It didn't mean anything. It was another language from another time and I couldn't get into it. But again, it comes when you start to come back and you turn back towards him and you ask for the help and then you'll find the groups who will help you, you know, the formation. 
to understand. And of course, there's wonderful priests who help to to reveal the mysteries of of the scriptures. But it is is the pearl, and yeah, do sell everything. <laughs> Just, everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everything. everything you'll see, and then he'll give it back a hundredfold. Yeah. You know? Beautiful. Tell us a bit about um, your experiences now on the Isle of Wight. We've got a few more minutes. Uh, I'm just interested in this community you're you're a part of. Yeah. So, so here, I mean, that was a that was one of our biggest. Um, well, we, you know, when we were deciding, it was a big decision to move to England from Poland because of leaving all that, let's say, spiritual wealth. There's so many, you know, there's so many night, you know, good leaders there and priests and and masses and churches and. But uh, but yeah, we decided to move, and and again, God showed that there's you don't need to worry. There's there's stuff here happening as well. So um, that day community is really really uh, it's quite different to the charismatic charismatic group I was involved in, in that it's more the meetings and they do retreats for married couples, they do retreats for young people for for different you know, different kind of retreats in their centre on the island. Um, but I've been taking part in the, as I said, in the Monday reflection. So they, they take a, a part of scripture and then someone will give a kind of reflection that they've prepared on it. And then there's some sharing of, you know, how you understand it, you know, what, what God's talking to you about in it, which has been great because it's, it kind of feels like a natural progression from this, uh, yeah. from what I was involved in before. Um, I'll also mention there's a really good, uh, for, for both of us, community uh, on the other side of the island, which it's not a big island, so it's not too far, um, a Polish community. So there's a Polish mass there. And we're we're really grateful that that's there because we go there every second week to mass. And there's some lovely people there. And there's a lovely Polish parish priest. So they're the two, I'd say, and obviously the our church, our parish uh, St. Saviour's, which is right right next to us, which is uh, it's great to live, you know, just next to the church. Yeah. And things are opening out, opening up again now, which is great. Wonderful. But yeah, Reverend Day, uh, I've got a feeling I'll I'll get involved if if that's God's will for. Um, yeah, I'd love to go to one of their retreats. The way that they talk about the spirit and and uh, communicate with people is quite gentle, I would say. Um, so it's good in that way. Right. But yeah, I'm just discovering them myself, really. Um, before I pray, just uh, I'd like to do that. Um, just for yeah. our listeners, you're listening to Radio Maria and Awakenings, Testimonies of Faith and Conversion. You can hear this program again on Tuesdays at 11 and uh, rebroadcast Wednesdays at 9, Saturdays at 4 and Mondays at 2. It's available as a podcast on our website, www.radiomariaengland.uk. My name is Father Sam Randall and our guest today was Colin McGee. If you'd like a testimony you'd like to share with us, you can email us at info at radiomariaengland.uk. You can text or WhatsApp us on 07502385010. Colin, bless you and marry your wife and your lovely Agnice. How do you say her name? Agnieszka. Agnieszka. Uh, your lovely wife, bless you. Uh, bless you Thank all. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for the wonderful work you do. These, these shows, as you said at the start, I think it's one of my favourite shows. And it's something that, you know, testimonies is so important. And it's something that I, it wasn't really present in my life growing up in the church here, but it was in that group in Poland. You know, that was a regular thing, hearing other people's yeah. testimonies. Yeah. So it's great that you have this show. So no. God bless you. 
Thank you, Colin. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing with us your testimony. So bless you. Let me pray. Father God, I pray uh, for all those listening and uh, everyone's got a story. We thank you for those who are journeying with you and in love with you, Lord, and finding the riches of the pearl in their lives. We pray for those who are wondering, uh, wondering. We pray for courage, Lord, that people will see that, Lord, you're worth everything, selling everything to find you. And there we get everything back. Lord, we pray for any who are struggling in whatever way uh, that they may find this pearl. And uh, Lord, we just do give thanks for Colin and his family and uh, his faith and his faith journey. And we commend him to you and all, Lord, who've gone on this journey. Bless us, Lord, and thank you for your love. We offer this prayer ourselves and this conversation to you in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Awakenings with Father Sam Randall. You can hear this episode rebroadcast on Wednesday at 9pm, Saturday at 4pm, and again on Monday at 2am. This series is available as a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast services. You can also listen to it on our website, www.radiomariaengland.uk. If you would like to share your testimony, we would love, love to speak to you. Please email us at info at radiomariaengland.uk. Thank you for joining us for Awakenings. <laughs>